Welcome to Richmond Podcast, Episode 3, titled, Is San Pablo Considered Richmond? Featuring Miguel Molina. Yo, what's good with it? It's the boy Joaquin here with a little intro to this episode. Initially, this episode was supposed to be Episode 2, but you already know, coronavirus, quarantine, and then we had the murder of George Floyd. So we thought it was best to drop this as an Episode 3. Hope y'all enjoy. This is our episode number two, Rich Mind Podcast. We out here again in the lab, cooking up some good words, some truth over some drums. You know, here we are with our special guest of the night, Miguel Molina. Everybody knows him as Mike. Some people know him as Mike. I know him as Mike. Um, and yeah, we're going to get it started. We're going to have uh, some fun discussions. And uh, y'all want to add anything to that? I think that was a... Um, Excellent intro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, let, I'll definitely let Miguel introduce himself, but I, I do want to say a word, a foreword to his introduction. Uh, I met Mike back in high school, 10th grade, um, and once I saw this kid, I was like, man, he is brilliant, you know, and, and, and I mean, a lot of people are saying like, oh, like, hello, people from Richmond, they're like, oh, like, you know, people that you meet in Richmond are... are you know, gangsters and shit. Like, I had long ass hair too, so like, people would see me as a thug. Um, but I knew him, and like, when I had the first conversation with him, uh, I knew I knew he's very intelligent, uh, very well spoken, and I honestly have nothing nothing bad to say about him. Um, so so yeah, I mean, and, and I'm 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 so happy that you're here. So I want to thank you for for taking the time, and uh, yeah, let's make it a, a good episode. You ready? Cool. So, anything y'all wanna? Y'all should introduce yourselves too, cause what's good? What's good? It's the boy Joaquin, you know JDLT, right here. We got Miguel with us, and we about to be lit, you know. Episode one, bro. Well, pilot is episode. Oh, I bet. I guess if you wanna (laughs) take it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get started, I also wanna make sure that we don't get sued. So, anything that we share on this podcast episode, we do not. Uh, intend to give you legal advice, financial advice, yeah, we do. life advice, We're to hook you up, <laughs> <laughs> or any of that. So, plug out. Uh, all of this space is just creating a space for conversation, uh, sparking interesting ideas on Richmond, um, and nothing more, nothing less. So, yeah, no, it's important to get out the way, and um, and now I was, I, I forgot what I was going to say, but I was going to introduce myself. Just <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's me, Enrique, coming at you. We have our guest. I wanna, yeah. He hasn't even talked. Nope, not yet. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. I was waiting for the right moment. Yeah, you know? yeah. What's up, you bro? Know? How you feeling? Nah, I'm feeling great to be here. Oh, man. Great to be alive in this space of inclusivity. Hell yeah, all the time. You know? You know? You're, looking, you're looking good yourself. All three of you guys looking yeah. good yourselves. So sure, just sure. I mean, by the way. We have so many nah, people yeah. like, who we were like, fuck, you know, I hope they come in. Yeah, you were the first man to come in. So, hey man, the realest always stay the realest. Uh, Uh, That's true, right there. You know how it goes. So, what's up, bro? Like, how? 
Who are you to the people? Who am I? Wow, loaded question. (laughs) I was told I had to answer it in two minutes. Two minutes. So, um, well, of course, Jorge introduced myself. Uh, My name is Miguel, similarly to everybody here. Um, I believe we all carry the mantle of being from Richmond on our backs. And, uh, you know, just going off the topic of today's podcast, um, that could mean a lot of different things for many folks. For me, it meant being born in... Uh, the area, so we're going to talk about San Pablo and Richmond, but curiously enough, Richmond has never really had a hospital, so back in the day, everybody who's from Richmond was born in San Pablo's Doctors Medical Center, which was where I was born, right? Um, But I lived in Richmond for the first 12 years of my life, ended up moving to Stockton for a couple years, financial aid crisis, hurt my family bad, moved back, like 10 people in a duplex, and then met these guys, just did your best to quote-unquote get out the hood. But the hood always brings you back to some extent, brought me back. Gladly been able to come back and help my sister get to college, and now I support her financially. And I'm doing some work with uh, with my job here in the community. But more than that, I'm just excited and thrilled to see uh, how Richmond has um, changed from when we were all growing up. And um, more than that, I'm just excited uh, The fact that we all live here in this space Living life, we all look great You know, um, your health is always, you know, the priority in your life And we all have stressful situations and whatnot But it's excited that we still get to kick it um, Like the old days back in, back on in high school When we were all little youngins Yeah, not knowing what we were really best. what was best <laughs> for us at that moment but we all alive right and yeah. and I like to think that we all have kept our identity more or less yeah the same we've improved certain aspects of ourselves but I think we all can pick off where we left that's last true. time we all kicked it so that's 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 what's up that's the vibes yeah right that's there. the vibes yeah, yeah. good introduction yeah I, I think uh, something, <laughs> I do, something that I do remember a lot uh, back from back from the days, you know, we used to hang out was the the Fridays, you know, Boombox Fridays. Oh yeah, I, I think I think those yeah. are just like the times. Yeah, you know, like we would just all post up, and just for like the listeners, uh, we had this thing where every Friday, I think it was senior year, was it senior? Yeah, year? yeah, we started towards year. the end of junior year, I think, yeah. is when uh, Valdivia started yeah. bringing his little mm-hmm. little nineties. Yeah, yeah. Like a boom yes. box. Boombox. Yeah. I'm surprised you yeah. never got it taken away, bro. Nope. Nah, they would tell us to stop the music here and there, but I remember we even made Robocop one time gig to some song he was gigging. Yeah, I remember no, that. Yeah, 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 we yeah, made it was fun. fun there. Yeah. It was fun, yeah. Yeah. They're probably like, I remember those times. Yeah. Know, I remember it was always like fun when we played like, like merengue or salsa. Yeah. And I know you were involved in like, Latina, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> this boy was there for like two, th- four weeks. <laughs> yeah, for, nah, nah. He made the cut, but he wasn't there for those reasons. He was there because of other <laughs> priorities at the moment, you know. Yeah, I was, I was in a relationship. He was a, yeah, he Damn. was in a relationship. We did some salsa shit. We did, um, yeah, we did, yeah, we did salsa. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't bad. I mean, he showed up to practice. He was down to learn. Sweaty. And um, I think that's that's the best part about music because if you don't put any effort into it, then you know you're half-assing stuff, and you should never half-ass dancing. Because for us guys, if you don't 
practice it, you're gonna look like like crap, you know. And you know, worst thing you can do in front of the ladies and embarrass yourself like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stiff, yeah. You don't want to be doing that, you know. As a youngin, did you ever like? Was your mom like? Because my mom was the type to like. She was tying me up to like ballet folklorico and shit. Yeah, and I remember vividly like performing at the Contra Costa College. Whoa, like, damn, like that at that little art stage, and it was just like a fucking twelve-year-old or le- I was probably in middle, elementary school, sixth grade. Yeah, going yeah. in, Dang. and I would perform in front of like people and shit with like other yeah. you know, girls and whatnot and whatnot. So I think a lot of yeah. it helped with rhythm, like building my interest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for me, um, in elementary school, I did that. Um, I liked it at first, but then when I moved away from Richmond, uh, my middle school years, I didn't do that. I mean, at that point, most of my friends were not Latino. Um, and then when I came back, I did Alma Latina at Richmond High and kind of picked off where I left off. But I've always wanted to learn how to dance because if you practice it and you own it, it's a great avenue to, you know, continue the conversation with with a beautiful young lady or whatever you're into. You know? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. a good skill. Yeah. It's a good skill. It's a good skill to have. Me? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Most right. definitely right now, yeah. yeah. Make that clear for everyone. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, ladies. they don't know what I look like, but... <laughs> I mean, they can get a picture. <laughs> they can get a picture. It's me a nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nine in the pito. <laughs> nine in the pito. <laughs> I do want to like share with the crowd now uh, what you do now and then we can dive in uh, or actually I think it'll be better to say like bring bring the debate now um, or, or what do y'all think because I think like we do want to talk about like the 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 idea that like San Pablo and, and Richmond. We basically want to answer: Is San Pablo considered Richmond? Is it is it considered a part of Richmond? Um, and then we can have y'all opinions, and then we can have uh, Miguel give his opinion. Yeah. And then yeah. Yeah. I think sure. that'll be like the simple you know way yeah. to go about it. And then yeah. like it'll be interesting because we can always like also have. You know the folks who are listening ask questions as well, so they could probably dial a number and we could you know get their questions and, yeah, and what they feel like you know the conversation yeah. was like. But yeah, so I mean, I guess we're gonna just jump in, man. Like, you're from you see, you mentioned you lived in Richmond for most of your you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, would you consider like the culture to be like significantly different in Richmond, San Pablo, like growing up? Or I mean, I know you can only speak for yeah. Richmond, but. Yeah. How, well, how that? well, I can only speak for a particular part of Richmond because Richmond itself is pretty big. I grew up on Ream, so it's right in the border with San Pablo. And that area was always, when my dad moved in there in the early 90s, it was predominantly Anglo. And eventually more Latino people started moving in. But I think that when you look at Richmond culture in the terms of um, minorities, you get the picture of South Richmond and Central Richmond with the vibrant African-American community, right? Um, And I think that's very distinct from anything else that's around it. Um, I think in San Pablo, when I, now that I've lived there, it's very diverse. There's a lot of Asian folk, African-American folk, Latino folk. Um, But I do think that the heart of the area in terms of this Richmond um, 
culture stems out of both Central and South. Mm. Um, so I think that's where, like, the vibe starts, you know? Like, that's where we grew up in high school. We was listening to Laz the Boy, right, and all that. Mm-hmm. High back in the day. They yeah. they in the 30s, right? Like, that's Richmond, yeah. Richmond. Yeah. And I think for us in our space, um, you know, we came later because we're, all of us in this room come from or are of Mexican descent. Yeah. Um, you know, we came after um, African-Americans who came here after, during World War II. And I think for us, we've learned to be part of the culture. Yeah. Um, but I do think that b- between San Pablo and Richmond, you know, like the zip code can change, but our nuances, our language, our music, the way we are is the same. Right, because you can be from Point Richmond and technically be from Richmond, but you're not part of the Richmond culture. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they're not, you know, like Richmond citizens because they legally are, but they in their own world, right? That's oh, that's something yeah. completely different that we're not, right, you know, like a part of at all. Um, so I think that there is, you know, certain limits, right? I think for us as Latino. If you're a Latino person who grew up in Richmond or San Pablo, I think your experiences are fairly similar. But I think that if you compare the African-American experience versus the Latino, for them, it's very different, right? Mm -hmm. Because they've been here longer. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a different upbringing as well in terms of what they have to go through day to day. Um, But I honestly, when you talk about I'm from Richmond from San Pablo, I think for the most part, everybody's like, ah, it's the same thing. They're not really tripping. Here and there, you run into folks who be like, oh, but you're not from Richmond. And I think it's like this, it's a little divisive in a sense, right? Because if you're going to a school like Richmond High, like, you really have no option if you're San Pablo. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? There's no San Pablo High. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can go to Richmond High if you're smart and your parents are into education, they might sign you up for middle college. Mm -hmm. If you want to go to a charter, then that's on you. Back in the day, there was only leadership, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, you're going to go to Richmond High, right? You're going to go to Crespi, Helms, and it's it's not really on you. So I, I would I would like to think that the experience is, like I said, generally the same. But I think it's very important for us to be conscious that as Latinos, we do not have the same experience growing up in Richmond as African-American folk. I think that's important for us to understand and respect. Mm-hmm. In that, in that regards, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, actually, I had um, I had like a couple of. There's an article that came out came out at on Medium.com by this like really interesting writer named Abraham Wood, Woodliff who like pretty much reviews all the cities in the East Bay. Yeah. And here's what he had to say about San Pablo. Next up is San Pablo. San Pablo is a weird place. It doesn't really have an identity. It's a city in the middle of other cities, and it tends to blend in with whatever it happens to be bordering. The parts of San Pablo that border Richmond are pretty much indistinguishable from Richmond. The part that borders Pinot looks like an extension of Pinot. And as you head toward the part that borders the Sobrante, the lots get bigger, and you also have a higher likelihood of seeing middle-aged biker types whose midlife crisis has manifested itself. So pretty much he's saying, like, there's it like, depends where you live in San yeah, Pablo. Right. Yeah, but you could say the same about Richmond. Right. It depends yeah. where you live in Richmond. Yeah. And, and, right. and that's the thing. He also reviewed Richmond. This is what he said about Richmond. Richmond is a sprawling city of extreme contrast. It's where the East Bay urban corridor and the industrial corridor meet. It has the lowest percentage of white residents of any barrier city. 
And that's because of World War II, because when they fled from, from Richmond. So Richmond used to be predominantly. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, African-American people weren't allowed to buy properties on McDonald's yeah. for the longest time ever, yeah. right? That's why we have North Richmond, its own community. Mm-hmm. Historically, it's always been tied to the African-American community, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a vibrant culture there that was born. Um, a lot of great musicians actually came from that particular area. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we all, I would like to think all, all of us in this room understand the concept of white flight. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge reality. When my dad became a homeowner for the first time, he bought that first house we lived on Ream in 1995 for $95,000. Um, and he was the first Latino on that block. Not the whole street, but I'm talking Ream from Romero to 23rd. Right, so you're talking about on Romero, you have Casadores Market. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. And then on 23rd, you have the Filiburger. Oh, shout right? out to you know, them. Shout out to them too, <laughs> right? So you're talking about mid-90s, it was still a lot of Anglo folk. Yeah. I remember I couldn't play soccer in the front yard because our neighbors were older Anglo ladies and they didn't like, you know, like... People playing soccer. Yeah, people playing soccer, you know, people having fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... um. It definitely changed, right? Like, you had a lot of development happening around Hilltop area, right? These condos and when uh, a lot of folks are moving out to, uh, you know, like Wona Creek, right? When Antioch was barely starting out to develop, right? Concord and whatnot. Martinez, which is really, really nice and beautiful and bougie. Um, So I think for sure, like, I mean, it's it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot, um, but... Like I said, every every type of ethnic background will have our own experience. Like I said, for us Latinos, we started coming in influx in the late 80s, and we continue to this day to come in. Right? We have a lot of Central American folk coming in, and for us, the experience is adapting to the culture as fast as possible because the language is a huge barrier. Um, but I like to think that we stick more to the hardworking african-american experience than we do to the anglo experience because you know like we both have like this monkey on our back Mm -hmm. we have to prove people that we belong right and we have to i don't want to say we work harder than the people but we have to we have to work to the point that we can prove that our language right we have to work hard to make up for our language barrier Mm -hmm. right because even for folks like you enrique you jorge you walking on myself um, even though we've learned, we've been practicing English for so long, our dialects are not considered to be 100% native, whatever that may mean, because we are in a lonely land, right? Which I believe is the rightful people who should be here. Um, but we still have like the Chicano accent, and you could make a name it as that. So I think for us, we always have like something to prove. Yeah. And the same for African Americans, because African Americans develop um, their own form of English as well. Yeah. And it's looked down upon right as not being proper right it's like that like how many times were we in class we said a word and our teacher said that's not in the dictionary right. you know but who makes a dictionary right yeah. that's also very skewed as factors yeah. who controls those texts yeah. right. right so I like to look at it as an actual language even if we use slang mm-hmm. because every word was created at one point or another mm-hmm. you know but yeah it's like there's different yeah. cultures right you know if we say bro I like to think that it might not be in a dictionary but we know what it means right yeah, yeah. But then we got the n-word Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that that that's that's a huge issue. That's a huge issue in our community for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's it's very sad. Like that's a whole you can make a whole podcast on that, uh, episode on that. 
Um, but uh, I'm sure all of us in the room, unfortunately, at one point have said it because of how we grew up with the music and that. But we can't put the blame on that 24-7 because now we're older, we're mature. We understand what it means and the legacy behind slavery. And as a Latino person, we don't have the right to say that word and we shouldn't because it's it's just it's looks nasty when you hear when I work a lot with students and when I hear it's just like gotta call them out on it yeah. Yeah. they might not like me I don't care if they don't like me but I mean somebody has to call them out on it you know you might just say something too. yeah yeah you don't know if they're like not not calling kids out which is another huge issue that we see today right like I mean, you, you you see it firsthand as a teacher yourself. Like I have not kids these days, man, they get they get away with a lot of more oh, stuff though dude. than what we used to do, oh. right? Like nowadays, you I can't even a, get kids in trouble. I was telling they selling talkies. They were flipping talkies. They were flipping talkies. Look at that. They were selling what, like twenty five cents a pop or something. A little chip of a talkie, you know, the size of one. Yeah, girl was selling them for twenty five cents a pop. A little one. Little, like, like one, just, piece, just one, one chip, chip. Right? one chip, and little kids would line up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and they little fixed foot on the time. Just dropping girls out. That girl's gonna be a big she gonna be an entrepreneur yeah, one day, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the side, yeah, yeah. But I had to yeah. tell her like, yeah. Hey, yeah, you can't, you can't be doing that. Nah, nah, yeah. Unless you pay me like commission, yeah, yeah. That's that's really insightful because. I think when I when I when I thought about this topic, I was more until like yes, like people saying like, oh, you're not from Richmond or you're not from you know you can't relate to that experience. But really, it's just like it doesn't even matter. Like at this point, like I don't think a lot of it does matter because we're just all so intertwined, you know. And so, yeah. Um, and an example is us going to schools in Richmond and like kicking yeah. in Richmond and you know just being here present, like looking at the changes and shit. Um, and even like right now, I think uh, it's interesting because. You know the district's going through a whole budget cut, so like. Oh yeah, that's nasty. A lot yeah. of money, right? And, and oh, just like to say, my views not uh, do not um, uh, yeah. share. Uh, whatever <laughs> I say on here does not reflect uh, my employer's view. I do work for the Richmond Promise, so uh, my uh, views and whatever I say is my own intellectual thought and um, philosophy. So yeah, we'll, just we'll put talk, that out we'll there. Talk, we'll talk more. On yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The work that you do, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think. It, it is very, very nice of you to, like, be bring the history behind the separation of cities. You know what I mean? Because you can think of, like, oh, San Pablo as, like... You well, know, well, you guys know how that how that played out, right? I mean, San Pablo pretty much is a city because of its historical connection to the church. Right? Because they were the... I mean, the missionaries came here, the Franciscan friars, and, um, you know, like, it's like typical colonial expressions. <laughs> I... I came to Jorge's house. You know what? I own this place. Yeah. Yeah. And they had all that plot of land. And, um, you know, they they recorded deeds and all that stuff. And then when people started selling in the area who were uh, American Anglos, well, they wanted to plop up land, too. And then slowly, Richmond grew. Um, that's a Richmond, Virginia. But the church always held possession of certain lands. And eventually, once Richmond is developed, right, they decided, you know, we're going to make it into our own city as well but it's going to be always tied to san pablo the original mm. right um it wasn't a, a mission as we come to know the other missions in the state of california but um under its structure i always wanted to keep that history which is why city hall for a long time ever is adobe mm. 
mm-hmm. Adobe um, Adobe structure as yeah. well, right? Reflects that, that certain time period with the Spaniards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why San Pablo pretty much was surrounded by Richmond and become its own thing. And I like to look at it kind of like San Marino in Italy. Um, if folks aren't aware of that, they don't know what I just said. San Marino is a small independent uh, country, completely surrounded by Italy. Um, they've just chosen to be their own country. Um, same, similar. I mean, Monaco has its own context, right, as well. Um, yeah. Uh, Luxembourg. Uh, and There's a lot of Netherlands, yeah. yeah. Liechtenstein. Um, Singapore. Singapore. Right? Yeah. Surrounded by Malaysia. Oh, but, you know, yeah. it's like, it's the same with San Paolo. You know, it's... it's we are own, we're own fucking country. <laughs> you know, it's its own little uh, thing, but because of the history, right? They wanted to keep that and... I mean, I, I mean that's on them, right? I mean, I wasn't there in that time period when they decided all that stuff. But, San Pablo Ave is like yeah. the longest fucking street. Yeah, it is. You can get to all the way to Oakland. Oakland. Yeah, all the way to Oakland and Carquinez Bridge, pretty much. So yeah, that's a good. It's a lot one. of history. A lot of history. I mean, De Anza was was a guy, the Spaniard who developed a lot of those original roads, and that's why we have a high school named after him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of history. Obviously, we're not. We don't go too in debt into it, and even if we did, when we're elementary kids, you're not gonna remember all that stuff. Or they didn't even. And when we're in high school, what do they yeah. teach us? You hey, know? yo, but remember, you know, I do remember Mr. Actually, oh, not cultural geography. Yeah, 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 yeah. He put us a little bit on game. Yeah. You know what's wild, bro? You know his, his her his uh his daughter, little daughter. She's yeah, in, she's in my classroom, dude. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He told me, yeah, yeah. He told me that um. That uh, he was surprised when they uh, to, he's like, oh, it's never Rike is a teacher yeah. at my children's school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Miss, <laughs> yeah, like every other day. And now, um, one of his uh, younger cousins is an intern with us. Just started with the Richmond Promise, but she is a freshman at Berkeley. Nice. So you start meeting people. Yeah, the one thing that we have to mention about Richmond and San Pablo is that. We all know somebody that knows somebody in this yeah, community, yeah. right? It's kind of like that. Small world. Right? Small world. Yeah. Small world. Uh, yeah. Las Montañas. <laughs> you see everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Next mom. Yeah. <laughs> Four years ago. Your ex-suegra. She oh, looks at yeah. you and bugs you and you're like, all right, man. I just want to pray. You're lost. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting, you know, and I think and I think like as as we're seeing Richmond being gentrified, because that's something that we definitely agree on, right? Yeah, yeah that's for sure. I see a lot of buildings, you know, coming up. I think I was last time I went to Richmond was last week. Uh, I was just in a little neighborhood to watch, right? <laughs> and, uh, the brown neighborhood. I see, watch. I see a lot. I see a lot of like. Uh, building structures uh, around, you know, McDonald Avenue. Yeah, yeah, Nevin. Big, yeah. yeah, like this big building they're building. And, I, and I'm just thinking like... Quote, unquote, affordable housing. Prices, Dude. Yeah. The prices are going to go up. And what's going to happen is everyone that's from Richmond... That's in that area. In that area yeah. are going to start moving away. And like, and I'll be... They're, they're probably going to... I say they're moving to Vallejo... Fairfield, Fairfield, Antioch, Antioch, Bay Point, sure. Concord. Is everything Point? Everything by the Bay? Yeah, yeah. everything, everything, everything that's not in the direct um, hemisphere of techies. Yeah, right. And that's and that's another. That's I think that's another topic for for another podcast mm-hmm. uh, episode. Yeah. Um, because it, it does bring in a lot of like, how do you, 
how do you help folks yeah. be aware of changes? But how can they be involved? You know, because and, and, and the way I like to think about this is like, say that you know you live in a house that you know you pay a certain amount of rent, right? Rent increases, but does your your earning increases? It doesn't. So it's hard if it does so year by year. Hard, yeah. Exactly. And, and two point five percent is the average yeah. right that people get. Yep. Two point five. Like if you make fifty k, it was two point five. Like one percent is probably like fifty bucks. Yeah. Probably. So like you get fifty a hundred more. You get paid a year, year to year for the average person, right? Yeah. Not 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 for everybody, but. So, it, it, it is something that that definitely like. Uh, we, we know other folks that are actually trying to do something about that. Um, and we'll be talking more on that uh, at a different episode. But, you know, it is, I think it, it all stems from this conversation, right? Yeah. I think, like, yeah, we're talking about San Pablo and Richmond being two different cities. But in general, like, in reality, we're talking about where everything starts, which is the history of the yeah, yeah. doors coming in. And, and, and creating their own cities, like naming it their own city. Yeah, yeah. And then industrialization happens, or you know everything that mm-hmm. made, World War Two, like San Francisco. Right. I think San Francisco could be the root problem of the Bay Area, because you have people that are uh, moving into San Francisco city or surrounding areas with high skills, you know, the techie people, Silicon Valley, all those people, and they're increasing the value of yeah know, property of the properties. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely something that, that, that could go for deeper conversations. Uh, but I do want to touch on because I know you mentioned uh, Richmond Promise. Yeah. And I do want to like share with folks the good work that you do now. Uh, and this is something that we want to highlight. Uh, we want to highlight the people that we that we meet uh, mm. as high schoolers where they are now, in hopes that like you could. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe fifteen sixteen year old uh, Richmond kid mm-hmm. that goes to high school, I don't know, Kennedy or Richmond High. Yeah. And is listening to this. And, and or anywhere. Yeah, or anywhere. Yeah. And, and they want to see, like, like, okay, like, there's folks that grew up in similar environments that I did. What are we doing now? So do you want to just walk us through what you do and, and what motivates you in it? Or what's your what's your end goal with this? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Why well, I've been working for the Richmond Promise now since... Um, early April of 2018. Um, and Richmond Promise itself is a citywide scholarship initiative in the city of Richmond. Um, you know, like there's a lot of history and context behind it. I believe in 2012, some agreements between Richmond and Chevron were made, right? Eventually in 2016, they launched the, the program. Uh, just as a scholarship program, so every student from Richmond who um, has attended a West County school, whether it's charter, public, or private, um, since ninth grade, you know, they fill out a FAFSA Dream Act, um, and they have a Richmond address or North Richmond address, they can apply for the scholarship, and they can receive $1,500 a year uh, for at least four years of college. Um, you know, it's not the biggest amount, but it is something for many of our students, and I think aside from that, after the first year, um, the program realized that a scholarship check is not enough, so you need to provide support services. So at that point, develop a college access and success wing. I really love our success wing because we're able to develop institutional partnerships with our local institutions like Contra Costa College, Berkeley City. Um, we're able to help create first-year experience programs that provide educational coaches, party registration, 
um, counseling courses to, for kids to identify majors that they want to do, careers, uh, summer math and English jams to help those students that want to touch on those skills so that they're ready for, to take a course at community college. And um, after that, be enrolled in a, a learning community like Umoja, which is a great program, BCC for African-American students, or Puente, mm-hmm. which is another great program that they have at both BCC and CCC. And they basically kind of serve like kind of like EAOP and colleges really did for us in high school to help these kids transfer from community college out to, um, to four-year. And for our students that are four-year, um, we're working on that. We're trying to see what works and what doesn't, but providing um, uh, outsourcing for um, college coaches virtually for all our students who are attending, um, as first-year students who are attending um, four-year institutions in, in NorCal. So we're piloting it, seeing if it works. But we definitely want to provide as much support. And we also offer lots of internships during the summer and during the school year that promote student leadership. Because uh, I mean, it's funny because on Thursday we had a retreat and uh, just talking about mission and values, right? And I think our big picture here is that through all the work we do, we want to make sure that we foster um, student leadership in our community of Richmond so that students can you know, develop those skills and whether or not they want to become a leader in the community of Richmond, San Pablo, Atlanta, New York, or in another country, that they have a platform mm-hmm. and a home base yeah. to develop those skills, right? I think that's that's our big end game. Um, and in our college access, which is what I do, um, basically recruiting for the scholarship, all seniors. We also provide a lot of support with college applications, uh, working hand-in-hand with programs like EAOP, right? Um, College is Real as well, TRIO programs, and then financial aid and class support. Um, I think one of the huge things that schools like Leadership and Making Waves do, um, and your brother who graduated from Making Waves, um, they receive in-class support on college apps and financial aid. Like, imagine if we had that at Richmond High, where in-class you get to, like, have somebody help you do your PIQs, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of staying on campus till like seven to work on it, right? Um, And we're starting to do that with financial aid in class. We're we're working with a couple of school sites like Kennedy and DA where we're helping kids um, do that in class so that they can all do it. And at the very least, they have options, right? Option A, if they want to go to four-year, option B, community college, option C, if they want to do a vocational program. I'm providing those services to these kids because there's a lot of knowledge out there that's that's being... it's not being processed them, right? Because if you don't, if you form part of a program, like I'll give you my my personal experience. I was part of early academic outreach program, which I loved, um, but like I found out about it like my freshman year I applied, but there was a lot of my friends who didn't know what it was, right? Because their advisors are very limited to how many times they can go in the classroom. Like, yeah, like I was, I was, uh, we were doing presentations at Richmond High a couple of weeks back with Ms. Jan trying to like go inside and tell kids about after school financial aid workshops so that all these kids from Richmond High can do the FAFSA, right? They don't even know what it is. And uh, it's, we only get like one day of the year where we can go in the classroom and talk to these kids, right? And it's important for them to learn what it is because, I mean, if you ain't got no financial aid, how are you going to go to college? And what's even worse is that, hey, if you're low income, you're going to get a lot of financial aid to go to college, right? Um, so I do stuff like that, and I also uh, administer a kind of like a mentorship program working with freshmen at Kennedy. Where, and what I, love, what I love about our programming, both at the Success and Access, access um, Wings, is that we like to employ our students, student-driven, student-led. So we employ a lot of our own college students to run these lessons and workshops themselves. Because I think it's very important for our youth 
to be able to um, receive guidance and mentorship from somebody who reflects what they look like, mm-hmm. right? Who reflects their culture. You know, I love different programs that we have in our community, but what, what, what would we give to have a Latino or African-American teacher in our classroom? Because that's very sparse. I mean, Rika, you're one, but you can attest to how There's many so there is. Few, man. Right? So yeah. Few and we, yeah. The only guys. That too. That too, right? But yeah. Yeah. It's very, very. And it's really different, the application process from what it was before. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's so much, I would say, harder to get yeah. into school, so. Yeah, I think I think there's a, there's a lot of barriers, and I think I love what we're doing because I remember before programs like this existed, everybody's just kind of in their own world, mm-hmm. and even then, I hadn't, we had no support in college, somebody to poke at us and be like, hey, are you doing your work, right? Like, we get help how to get into college, yeah, exactly. but that's it, right? That's, that's the easiest part of the three-headed monster. The second part is graduating, the third is finding a job. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, but I think with a program like this, it's building new things and collecting data that hasn't been collected before. We're able to shed a lot on the thing on the gaps we need to fill mm-hmm. in our community. Um, so I think that's instrumental to improving um, improving right the talent that we have because we just talk about gentrification. We're hiring a lot of folks from all over the country and the world to come into our community, but why aren't we hiring our own? And right. the number one reason is because, well, there's nobody who's qualified. That's so why we got to make sure we have qualified folks from our community that are able to take these positions in the Bay Area. Yeah. I think that's, 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 that's the thing, right? You got to develop. It's like a, like a sports team, right? You got to develop your own talent, right? If yeah. you have a great farm system like the Giants had this decade, oh, they were to develop pitches like Tim Lincecum, right? We're, we're and Mad Bum. They didn't trade for these players. Yeah. They drafted these players, right? It's the same thing. You know, you need to develop, you need to develop your, your, your youth yeah. so that you can have a reliable workforce. Yeah, yeah man. I just want to, like, kind of focus it back Take on Take it back, topic, yeah. You know, bring it back. I think I think we learned a lot through, this, through yeah. this hour and a half or whatever it was. And I think the point that I got was it really doesn't matter too much as long as we remain with our identity. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I also think it's important to highlight that if somebody, you know, wants to leave Richmond and do their own thing afterwards and become, um, you know, form their own friends afterwards, it's totally fine. You know, like having living in this environment, is not for everybody. And we also have to respect, just like going to college is not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to respect that. And if somebody chooses to, you know, was part of our group and leave, you know, and do their own thing, it's perfectly fine, you know, as long as they're in a better place. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think we have had folks from our community who have left to college and never came back, and they're doing great for themselves. And I think we should also feel feel good about that. You know, I think one of the huge divisive things is that when we talk crap about people who left and be like, "Oh, but they they forgot about the hood. They was never about the hood." Like, man, they their own life. Mm-hmm. They're in their own struggle. You don't know what in the world they're going through. You know, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. Right? And if one day you're like, "I'm gonna move to San Diego," bro, you're perfectly fine and do yeah. whatever you do. You already paid your dues yeah. just by growing up in in, the, in this in this area, right? Just a body conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna be the same when you come back. So you're gonna pull up to La Forza de Jalisco, and they're gonna be like, yeah, "You're gonna be like, my me da dos tacos asada." I'm like, "What, sir?" sir. So they're gonna be like, "Sir, get, get your ass back." <laughs> we are not that establishment. They're not gonna be selling tacos no more. They're gonna be selling some um, wraps. Oh my god, wraps, yeah. burrito wraps. Yeah. Some like Indian vegan vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming, man. 
Hey. I mean, the, 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 hey, we've also had ideas of the top of the truck, like food trucks. Food trucks. But those things are. are food high. trucks and are food freaking. Food. You know what? There's so much institutional racism against that in Davis. We could never have a taquero. We had these like trucks that sold like wraps and like Thai food. It's okay. Like Shaw's sells a big thing. So it's like a Persian food, I think. Mm-hmm. But I was like, imagine if you had a taquero, bro, on campus at Berkeley, at Irvine, at CTC. How much money we could come in? We were the only taqueros. Get a commission, bro. Just with what we had doing, like the tacos. Yeah. Oh, the nacos. Yeah. They were really not nacos really tacos. Food, yeah, nacos. I've had them at Davis. They're, they're cool. good. Yeah, they're good. You know, we had the process of it was always super easy, and we made a lot of money. Yeah. It, so it was really good, but yeah, like there's little markets we can sneak in, bro. That we have. Yeah. Like, we go to a bank right now, and all of us can get tenth out. You know, and like whatever, just drop yeah. whatever money. They would drop this tenth out. Technically, at a bank, they'll give yeah. you money. Right? Yeah. And you can start off your shit. But it's just what, you know? What I yeah. It's like, um, I'm going to bring up a topic unrelated, but it is enrichment. You know, I haven't tried them yet, but huge shout outs to Tacos El Tucan right there on, um, it's on San Pablo. Aren't they just open? Every open. time I drive by there, because I have to go to Planet Fitness. Don't judge me, I'm broke. Okay, I have to go there. Um, every time, every time <laughs> I drive past there, there's always a line outside, man. It was raining today. There was still a line outside. I think they have uh, homemade tortillas. Oh, my like, dude, that's what's up. Because now when I go to La Flor or any other place, there's no line. So I'm like, they're doing something good. You know, um, you know I mean, I think that's... Hot Alley, if anybody's seen this podcast, go try them out. Let us know how they are. Tacos. But Tacos El Tucan, yeah, but like that's great. You know, you want to see other people flourish and grow, right? Especially um, people who are from, because they're local, they're from Michigan who are doing projects like that. We got to support each other. That's that aspect, you know? You know? So it's like, that's, that's, that's a huge end game, you know? But I think um, one big question I have for you, Jorge, is um, I think that you're always. Like, you two guys are always, like, freaking, um, I want to say you're, like, Austin Powers and Dr. Evil, <laughs> but both of you play both roles. You guys kind of, you're more Dr. Evil, you're more Austin Powers, you're brothers, um, obviously not by, like, by family, but definitely by experiences. You guys always have been more the brains of our group, right, growing up in high school and all that, so... I think for someone like me who hasn't been as actively involved because I'm doing my own thing, but what I always, and I always hear you, Jorge, having these great ideas about real estate and whatnot, what do you think is something important for our audience, whether they're young or older, to learn from that, you know, from your experiences and your passion to be your own boss, right? Yeah. I think that's important. Because I think for many of us down the road, I think that's something that we want to do. But I think everybody just needs a little push, right? right. And I think that's something like, I love my job, I love what I'm doing, but I'm obviously not going to do it till the day I die because, you know, time changes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some of us, you know, we're thinking about that. Like, what, is, what do you think that looks like? I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know my own self, like, what your ideas are because I always feel like you have great ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think I think like one important thing that I that I saw through my experience in Richmond and everything was um, the foundation, and I think it goes really it goes really back to 
what your values are. Uh, I grew up in a very loving family in Mexico. And, and, and then I think, and I was saying this a little bit on the first episode we had, that coming to this country, right, it like, it shifted my entire reality. Like I wasn't, I was no, I was no longer considered full human, right? I wasn't either, I wasn't even a Mexican-American. I wasn't Mexican anymore, of course, you know, because that, that issue of Chicano comes in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now I live more in this country, right? And what I'm starting to realize is, like, it doesn't really matter who you are, what you are to anybody, but yourself. Because once you realize, once you, you acknowledge that you can be anything that you want, right, that shifts your entire, like, vision. And I think I always grew up knowing that I was going to be anything I wanted, even if that at some point became a challenge to me. Like, for example, like, when, when folks started telling me, like, oh, you're undocumented, like, you, I remember, like, there was this program in Richmond High, right, that was providing, like, field trips for students um, to, to colleges, right? And it was, like, I think it was my junior year. I won't name it because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to talk shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. You know? but, and, it's, and it's happened, it's happened a lot, actually. You know, I, yeah. I wasn't able to travel to a college through this program because I was, I wasn't a citizen, right? Yeah. And so for so so that's when I realized I have to work just twice as hard than the regular else. folk in Richmond, right? And then we already mentioned what a typical average teenager in in, in, in Richmond has faced. Yeah. Like, like you know the challenges to even get access to college and retain staying in college the retention. So once I realized I like, I think what kept me motivated is the fact that. It wouldn't matter because I didn't want to regret not trying rather than neglect failing or or, or like not, how do you say, I didn't want to live right now, the age that I am now, and look back and think I had the opportunity, but because I was afraid, I didn't take it or I didn't go for it. So Yeah, that's not... So I think to answer your question, it would be, and I'll make it a, a long one, it's like realizing that it doesn't matter where you come from. Because even when I, even after I graduated from Caltech, there was a, there was an experience that I was going to work with the city of Richmond. And that was like, that was like for me a dream come true because I was going to be working with the environmental program in, in, in Richmond and already had ideas, already had plans. Like this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to impact, Right. I get accepted to the program. It was like a three interview program, right? I get to Sacramento and they tell me, you can't, like, this is actually just for citizens. Mm-hmm. And since you're not a citizen, I'm sorry, we can't. We can't full, full on hire you. And I was like me after like, destroying the entire odds of me not going easy yeah. and graduating from there. This was me actually being on the field. A three headed dragon. Yeah, yeah, man. So I had defeated the first head, the second head, and now deployment. And then the third head was was just fighting at me. And it's all about perception. And I think that's that's always with like what I say when I surround my people, or like the people that you surround yourself. So if you're if you're thinking differently, and and you share with somebody that you like are with, just like notice the reaction or what they say. Because if they if they bring you down on certain ideas, then that's not the people you should be with. 
Yeah. Right? You should be with people that are like, I'm down to help you out, or like, that sounds like a legit idea. And I think when I, when we talked about the rebranding of, of the group, right? Because at, at some point, I think it had like, it started off as like some joke or inside joke yeah, that I don't yeah. even relate to, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think like the collective that we had was something that was special, and we didn't want to lose that. So I think the reason why, and I feel like like shows also played a big part of this, was like rebranding it and making sure that it has like a like an actual purpose. I think we we created that purpose for it, and 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 if it wasn't for them, I think it would have never happened. And I think that's why I keep affiliating myself with these people, like with with uh, Chubbs and Enrique, because they keep being there for me. Like they mm-hmm. they they empower me. They they motivate me to keep going to whatever dreams I want to do. You know. And then there's times where you got to be realistic with people. You know, like if they want to take over the world, be like, yeah, bro, but like, <laughs> yeah. make sure you finish what you're doing. Yeah, you like, started. Yeah. You, you eat your breakfast, mm-hmm. your your lunch, and then we can talk about dinner. You know. Um, so yeah, okay. uh, do you yeah. have anything to add? I mean, like, to that, I think... I mean, man, there's so much more conversation we could have around this oh, topic. Oh, definitely. And I think that we had a great conversation. Miguel, I just want to thank you for being here. Oh, no problem. Part of this. I oh, it was a pleasure. You were the best guest we could, we could have brought in. For right now. Anywhere that the folks can find you or work with you, anything you want to just give out, shout out to, to the people listening to us. I mean, if if you ever want to find me, I mean, you have to find me through Jorge or Enrique. I'm a hard person to find Very in there. Fun. But um, I mean, I'm, I don't have public um, social media right that's now, uh, but you could always find me uh, through, through my associates here. We're located. I mean, the only thing I want to say, if you have any young people, Especially high school seniors, please apply for our scholarship. If you're from Richmond, I can't tell you enough of how great a program it is to help you every year of college. That stuff did not exist when Enrique, Jorge, and I were there. We kind of just learned on our own, sadly. Um, but please apply, um, richmondproblems.org. You'll find a scholarship on the front page. Please, It'll take you like 15 minutes. No income requirement, no GPA requirement. Free, money, for free money. If you're eligible, That's you get it. Right it's not selective at all. So Just take advantage games. of it. So, yeah. so make sure you subscribe, you like, you share, yeah. uh, spread the word. Um, any last message that you want to give to, 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 to the folks listening? Mm, no, I'm just I'm excited to see where this podcast goes and Shit. continue to check in. People yeah, we're going to check yeah. in. We're going to check in. Yeah. 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 I'll raise my glass to you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to everybody. Shout out. Yeah. That's how we wrap it up. Uh, please make sure to subscribe. Uh, send us any messages, any uh, any yeah, questions, comments. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we got we got exciting stuff coming up next episode. We'll be talking about climate change. Is it a real thing or not? <laughs> oh, wow.